This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 160, The Ghost of Chris, Strategy Guide. (laughs) Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. Hi, I'm Chris, and this is my ghost. Uh, it's a whole. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a whole it's, faction. It's plural ghosts. <laughs> These are all my yes. ghosts. My many personalities. <laughs> it's not that Chris is a dead person. Chris is alive, yeah. but he has kind of like a, a pack of ghosts that he runs with. It's the like ghosts. They're like his pets. It's the ghosts and skeletons in, in his closet. It's just like his regrets yeah. and his. You know, it's all of Chris's. Uh, you know, you made it dark. It's, <laughs> I was thinking like a like a Nightmare Before Christmas thing. Uh-huh. Where like he's got like he's kind of a Santa sleigh deal, and he's got all these ghosts, you know, ghost deer or it's whatever. It's like multiplicity, but with ghosts. Uh-huh. Oh, I, okay. They keep coming in. I can't. What am I gonna do with all these ghosts? <laughs> that we're just packed full of ghosts right here is the problem. Yeah, yeah. I think that was seamless. That was transition perfect. from us doing the part where we say the episode title into us doing the episode. Yeah. It's kind of amazing. Yeah. What, what we can do when we really put our heads together. When we really, <laughs> when we think really about, try, we can almost yeah. forget to announce that our root test tournament finals, which are the this finals. Saturday, October 24th, 16 enter 12, one lead. <laughs> 12 PM central daylight time. That's right. 16 contestants have been boiled down to four. And this Saturday we will announce the greatest player of the 16 that the we gre- the tested. The ultimate root player out of these 16 will be decided this Saturday, Saturday, Saturday at noon central time on our Twitch. But but I know what you're thinking. Oh, I didn't have a chance to watch the games on Twitch last weekend. <laughs> oh, Hunter, I have oh, news for you. We've got you covered twice. You can watch the raw, unfiltered, unedited footage on our Twitch still or you can watch them on the YouTube where they are already uploaded. Yeah, that's right, Hunter. You have to have done that by Tuesday, my man. I just gave you a deadline. I'm Uh looking at myself. I'm looking at myself in the mirror saying, by the time this episode touches their ears, that stuff better be on the YouTube, my Mm. boy. Well, I believe in you, Hunter, um, but I also believe in what we have today, which is a ghost guide. Uh, yeah, we're we're finishing up. We've got three more TI four base game factions to get done with before POK. Yeah. So and 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 you know what? Of the three left, this is the, you guys. This is know sort of the games. one that's like you yeah. guys know how to play. This Hunter one. played a we game, didn't... and actually there were technical. There was all kinds of issues that day, so we don't have one on the YouTube for you. We might get one for you down the road. I don't know. But, Maybe. But honestly, like we've seen ghosts. You know what you do? You know what you do? If you want to watch a great ghost game, go watch the Space Cats Peace Turtles 2020 Tournament Finals. Bam. Bam. There it is for you. That's a great game. It has ghosts in it, and ghosts does some cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it's good play by uh, Duke Lukum. Yes. One of the best players in the world Uh, right now. Well, okay. I don't know. And we we decide that. Yeah, we decide that. We're the ones that decide that. (laughs) So that's uh, that's our job, by the way. (laughs) To decide who's good. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, we, we filter through. Let's start breaking down these ghosts, though. Uh, we're, 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 it's, a, it's a funny little faction because we're going to say a lot of really great stuff, but there's still, I don't know, if you go back and listen to our first ghost guide, it's one I uh, somewhat struggled with, not not like in a, oh, they're just a really bad faction, but like they do have some weird weaknesses. So the big theme today, I feel like, is very, very adamantly pointing out what the strengths are and being very careful to know what the weaknesses are because they do exist. And if you can totally get past them, ghosts can be a really good faction. Uh, it's just on oh, everybody. And they're they're a fan favorite. Yeah, they they're are. they're like Dane's favorite faction. Yep. So yep. there you go. So the ghosts of Creus start with one uh, C, four I, two destroyers and two fighters and gravity drive that's the big kicker there the thing that everybody tries to get round one they already got it friend they already got it <laughs> uh but let's get some abilities out there too because uh there's even more information we need they have quantum entanglement you treat all systems that contain either an alpha or beta wormhole as adjacent to each other game effects cannot prevent you from using this ability so basically the alphas can lead to betas the betas can lead to alphas uh the Deltas are just deltas. There's nothing fancy there, but uh, you basically get free reign over the board. And in base game, there's basically always enough uh, wormholes on the map to like for that to be important and and noteworthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but an mm-hmm. even bigger deal is their ability slipstream during your tactical actions. Apply plus one to the move value of each of your ships that starts its movement in your home system or in a system that contains either an alpha or beta wormhole. Uh, so that's what launches their movement even further it's crazy now i want to ask you a question okay so is the so let's let's talk about the home system yeah because the home system is not on the board normal style yeah it's got spikes on it it's like the uh, that weird device from uh wild wild west you know what i'm talking about they shoot little uh, spiky. They they shoot little saw blades. I do not remember <laughs> you that remember movie that? enough. I I can imagine like a saw. Yeah. Like it's well, it's why, specifically I don't why specifically like the one from Will Smith's Wild Wild West. Why did you have to <laughs> mention? Why do I? Why do I have to think about that right now? Um. So it has this kind of wild wild wiki wiki wild. Uh, kind of wild wild west vibe going uh-huh. with the home system in that it is separate. From and you can throw it around like a like a ninja star. Oh yeah, that might be easier. Hurt your friends. Did you see that? <laughs> I didn't make you. I didn't make you think of Wild Wild West. I just likened it to uh, a ninja star. So there you go. Um, but uh, it's separate. And then on wh- where yeah. the home system yeah. would normally yeah. be, yeah. there's this thing called the Creus game. Honor, I know so, what you're gonna ask. Long winded question. Yeah. I just want and and also you brought in Wild Wild West, which kind of derailed the whole thing. <laughs> but my point here is. So we get plus one if we start in an alpha or beta or our home system. Yeah. What about the Creus Gate, my friend? Well, let me tell you something, Hunter. You got a third ability here called Creus Gate. When you create the game board, place the Creus Gate, tile 17, where your home system would normally be placed. The Creus Gate system is not a home system. Then place your home <gasps> system, tile 51, in your play area. So no, the Creus Gate not only does not give you bonus movement, uh, but it also does not give you... Uh, it doesn't do anything for home system related stuff, right? Yeah, you can't threaten enemies the Creus gate. Right. You have to be that in the Creus gate to threaten enemies sure, yeah, to yeah, your yeah, home yeah. system. That'll work. Yeah. That'll do. That'll um, do, pig. It's noteworthy too that uh Delta wormholes are not uh bonus movement for the sheer fact of their flagship, which is called the Hill Kalish. This ship's 
system contains a delta wormhole. During movement, this ship may move before or after other ships. Uh, it hits one on a five as opposed to the normal two on a five. There's a reason for that that we'll get into later. And beyond that, it's a pretty standard flagship. But if uh, if slipstream was plus one to any wormhole territory, uh, basically the hill collision would have a movement of two, and everything in its system would always have bonus movement. And that'd be a little. That'd be good. That'd That's be a real bit much. good. That's a yeah. bit much. That's uh, a bit much. <laughs> uh, they also. But I, I just oh, wanted to call it out because because yeah. I want to specifically say yeah. that moving out of the Creus gate is the most common whoopsie doodle. Right. I feel like I see with newer ghost players of people putting a ship in the Creus gate, thinking they can move quickly yeah. out of the Creus gate, and then realizing that they can't. Yeah. I've even seen people do it. Just and and then it's not malicious. They just accidentally give themselves bonus movement out right. of the Creus gate, and then realize, oh, whoopsie doodle. Yeah, not not good. Although, despite all that, it is worth, and we'll talk about it more later. But it is worth having a ship in the Creus gate, kind of at all times. Oh, that's yeah, 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 pretty yeah, critical. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, any, yeah, yeah, yeah. anyways, uh, they also have four commodities, so they're a great little trade faction. And considering the crazy movement, they can become neighbors with people really easily. So they're actually a very very good trade faction, especially round one. Uh, they can pull off quite a bit of trading. Uh, their promissory note is the Creus IFF. At the start of your turn during the action phase, place or move a Creus wormhole token into either a system that contains a planet you control or a non-home system that does not contain another player's ships. So an empty system or one of yours. Then return this card to the Creus player. This is the goofiest promissory note in the game. Yeah. Yeah, maybe even, I mean, I, I wonder if Dane would have done a takesies backsies on this one, to be <laughs> I honest. I don't think so, because Dane loves to give Creus the goofiest stuff in the game. It's kind of his little That's true. playground. Oh my God, have you just seen like... the spoilers for <laughs> the ghosts? Yeah. Let me tell you, uh, if you thought they were nutty before, uh, they're nut city yeah. uh, once POK launches. Yep, yep, yep. So but Creus IFF, the out. big thing that we're getting at here is it's kind of the only promissory note that can actually actively help the ghosts. Like sometimes the ghosts sells the Creus IFF and asks someone to put a wormhole for them. Like they, not not sell, right. sorry, I shouldn't even say sells. They give the Creus IFF to someone for free and like two extra trade goods and is like, hey, please put an alpha wormhole in this system or whatever um, right. for my own machinations. Uh, so it's, it's a super goofy one. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about it during the trade and meta section of how to like what you can really do with it. Um, but suffice it to say, there's a lot to think about. Uh, they also yeah. have two faction techs. One of them has gotten a recent Omega update. We'll talk about that one first. It's Wormhole Generator. At the start... Oop, oh, I'm almost reading the wrong one. Uh, uh, wormhole Generator Omega is action. Exhaust this card to place or move a Creus Wormhole token into either a system that contains a planet you control or a non-home system that does not contain another player's ships. Uh, the old Wormhole Generator was tricky, to use right i mean it was like mm -hmm. a status phase thing you moved one wormhole per round you basically never got it because like fleet logistics was better everything else in blue was better might as well get that stuff if you're going to go well blue and at also all. if if you're and we'll talk about uh, again we'll talk about this a lot in trading and meta but depending on your group's attitude towards iff mm -hmm. create the the promissory note um the worm wormhole generator might be completely unnecessary yeah. and by the way that's still true right however wormhole generator is good because it's a stall but also if you live in that um in that meta that is like oh, i'm not gonna let you just move wormholes around all willy-nilly right. uh then wormhole generator is kind of the answer to that so i i, I really like this omega actually i think yeah. it closed a, t a tiny gap that had made creus iff the the card work 
in a way that seemed borderline non-intended. However, now that I've seen POK, POK spoilers <laughs> for Ghost, maybe, yes, yeah. always intended. Right, right. Uh, and then finally, their other faction tech is Dimensional Splicer. It requires one red. Oh, I didn't mention Wormhole Generator is two blue. So it is in that fleet yes. logistics position. Dimensional Splicer is in that Majin position. And at the start of space combat in a system that contains a wormhole and one or more of your ships, you may produce one hit and assign it to one of your opponent's ships. You get to pick the target as long as you have a ship in a wormhole, which guess what? That's easy. That's easy to do. Let's <laughs> go. It's easy to have ships in wormholes because guess what? You basically control all of them. Uh, this is in a great position too. It, it's a it's a Majin skip. And even though Majin got better, this is really, really good. Um, mm-hmm. I will say Majin is significantly better now that uh, PDS Ghost is definitely a thing. We're going to talk quite a bit about PDS today. Um, and so Majin is a big deal for PDS Ghosts. But I think we are generally going to talk about Dimensional Splicer much more than we're going to talk about Majin uh, because of yeah. what it allows you to do in space. Um, so very, very, very good tech. Um, not like think, a must I mean, get, but I it's, just, it's I great. Just wanna, I just want to be clear. I think Majin got better. I don't know that Majin yes. is good, no. but it, it improved. But as sure. as a possible PDS faction, that's it, it's notable sure. how much better Majin is for that, for that specific kind of faction. Um, yeah, yeah. Also, finally, they uh, they have a 4-2 planet. We kind of skipped over that, but their, their home system is a single planet. Love it. 4-2. Uh, so they can afford tech round one if they want to, or they can afford a carrier and some extra infantry. Um, really, the only thing they lack round one is the extra carrier, right? They have four infantry. They just need another carrier to get them somewhere. Uh, and that makes for a pretty difficult round one, generally speaking. But uh, with as easy as it can be to overcome, um, I think ghost games usually feel like a tiny bit slow start into ideally a kind of explosive mid game. I don't know if that's how you feel, Hunter. No, no. Yeah. I would say it's like slow start into meticulous yeah, mid game. Yeah, sure, sure. I, I, I don't feel like ghosts ever really control the game. You're like, I think of ghosts as like a sneaky creeping kind of, kind of deal. I'm, I'm creeping around. I'm sneaking. Right. Oh, look, I got over here. <laughs> uh, look, I got over here, and you can't even do anything Juked about it. It's too late gotcha. in the round. Juke right. you right there. Yeah. Uh, or, or like, oh, you want to come get me, but I got this one fighter <laughs> in the way. <laughs> it's deceptive because their plastic situation round one isn't very good, even though it's it's three big ships. I think it's the two fighters that hurts a little bit, and the fact that your two other ships are only destroyers, so it's not like they're doing a ton of damage until you like get something like Dimensional Splicer or whatever. Um, so it's a rough plastic start, and it can be kind of difficult because your home, even though you have bonus movement, your home system being one extra step away from the game board means unless you get a forward dock out there, it is always a little bit difficult to get your stuff out there on the table. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and and also you're kind of um, there's kind of a monkey paw situation <laughs> with the Ghost of Creus, I think, uh, in that there can be a temptation, and I think this is what our first guy dealt with a lot. Yeah. I, I think there, I think when you when especially for your Style, inclinations, yeah, yeah uh, there can be a temptation to swing for an early control objective mm-hmm. in a strange place at the um, expense of your plastic situation and at the expense of your command counter situation because what I feel like what happens with ghosts a lot is that 
uh, and this is maybe important to establish now, is it might not seem from the onset that you're going to have a problem with CCs, except for when you think about your main strength is being able to put ships in weird places. Yeah. And if you aren't, that's kind of bad. So like with Ghost, I want to move around a lot and have a lot of freedom of movement. And that means that it's going to cost me some CCs right. in order to do that. Yeah, it's the you only don't way to, want to be the capitalize yeah, no. on your strengths. Like the only way to actually push them as far as they need to go is to get set up in those kind of crazy board positions. Well, let's let's dig into uh, this round one early round situations. Uh, Hunter, uh, we're going to break down all the strategy cards in order like we always do. This is almost getting old, huh? <laughs> <laughs> of just like, all right, let's talk about leadership. They're start. Some of them are blending together in my mind. Uh, yeah. But yeah. how do Gosakrius feel about leadership? Yeah, um, I I'd say it's up there. I'd say it might be uh, top or t- or tied for top mm-hmm. with uh, with one of the other uh, strategy cards. Um, it's actually kind of nice to go first uh, with Ghost because uh, there is a opportunity for you to put. Uh, your destroyer in a place on your first action that maybe uh, that that could maybe do more have more utility in the second round yeah. than you would think. Um, the idea of placing a destroyer in the way of a faction that sprints for Mechatol Rex uh, a little aggressive, right? Yeah. But depending on the placement of the wormholes, might not even really be that big of a deal. Um, so I mean, uh, establishing. Uh, lots of of trade partners with ghosts is really easy. We have two destroyers, and our only problem is we need enough CCs to do. You know, we probably want to do tech and plastic if we can, but the the primary focus here should be plastic. Mm-hmm. Tech is very skippable round one. Yeah, uh, for ghosts, we're getting almost nothing out of the first rounds. Tech, generally speaking, based on what yeah. we want to go for, which we'll get into. We already have grab drive. Yep. The only reason I feel like I would be like, I absolutely have to get tech round one with ghosts is just if a uh, tech objective comes out mm-hmm. in, the, in the first two. If that happens, then it's like there there is kind of a like, well, I don't, I'm one of those factions that only starts with one tech. It's a great tech to start with, but there's only one. Yeah. Um, so we're going to need to play catch up if, if that is the case, if a tech objective comes out. Right. Um, I think secondary uh, construction can be good depending on what our slice looks like. Yeah. Um, we can, and also depending on what type of ghosts we're going to play, um, there is definitely a like a space for PDS ghosts. And I think part of playing PDS ghost is kind of picking a hex to be the like, I'm plopping down PDS and space dock and wormhole yeah. there and I'm taking shots at other people, and it's an ultimate kind of staging area for my ships. Yeah. Um, so if your slice has an obvious spot for that, and maybe if like you don't really have any interesting skips, so it seems like PDS is like kind of a an an easier kind of generic route you yeah. can go. Um, then I I would say leadership is even better. You know, um, I, there's a lot I like about it, and I I also feel like it's worth thinking about not spending all of these extra command counters round one as ghosts. Yeah. Uh, especially depending on where the speaker position is. So like what your round two might look like 
uh, could be even better if you save some of those CCs from round one. Um, so there's definitely a situation where I'm like, we get these three extra command counters and we go hog wild. No, maybe you get three extra command counters and the only secondary you do is warfare. Right. That's fine. That's totally fine. Yeah, yeah there, there is a world where warfare is going to hard stall you. And at the very least, leadership also solves that problem. I mean, you got two destroyers. You can go park in weird places. And we already talked about it's kind of just nice to have destroyers in weird places. Mm -hmm. So, no, we don't want to waste command counters but we really would like to get that second carrier out and if warfare is going for that fourth turn stall or whatever it may be worth extending it um, that's all going to be up to you and what you're getting from that second carrier and all that but it is a possibility that you at least have access to which makes it a pretty nice pick you can be flexible yeah 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 i would say the warfare stall is the only thing you're afraid of if you take leadership because i would hate to have to waste one of those CCs, right? And we don't have an easy stall. And maybe in a situation like that where I feel like I am going to get stalled, I, I do politics secondary and fish hope for a stall somewhere yeah. because I don't have an easy one available right. to me or buy a stall from somebody, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're well, going to get some money round one every time. Yeah, I, I definitely agree that it's very good. It's also just throughout the game, kind of a top pick, right? I mean, we're like you said, we're always kind of struggling for command counters. Yes. Hypermetabolism so. can very easily be too far out of the way to be gettable. So leadership often is probably pretty important. Um, and just noting too here with just while talking about command counters, getting into uh, high influence territory uh, is going to be useful. Um, and maybe lower your need for leadership. But Hunter, tell me about Diplo. We, last week, last week you let me get you let me pick Diplo. I'm not letting you pick uh. Diplo this this time. No, no, no. I, I I don't think we're not in a super desperate situation like we were last week with Muat. Um, I can't justify you like one of our one of our strengths here. Right, is that we've got this cool mobility from the jump. Yeah. Uh, if I'm letting people, uh, you know, get their full uh, tech skip weirdness on in round one, then I might just be losing my kind of head start in that way. Yeah. Um, letting people, you know, get blue skips, for instance, and skipping straight to gravity drive. Uh, and now, now suddenly they're moving around everywhere and it's like, well, what do I have? You yeah, know, I'm not right. so hot if everybody else is doing that. Uh, so I don't, I don't think so. I, I think even in a weird Christmas land scenario, I would probably say that if you're, you know, picking last, uh, construction is still probably better. Yeah. You know, it's always the argument of six pick construction versus Diplo. And we are very, very possibly a PDS faction. And in fact, if we are last pick round one, it might be something that pushes us even closer to becoming PDS ghosts. Um, just because we're not going to have as ideal of a round one as we want anyways, and being a bit more defensive could pay off so construction is not a bad pick or even just the fact of we desperately not desperately but we would like a forward dock there are lots of benefits from construction and so it just yeah. pushes diplo too far out of the way yeah yeah I, I would say that maybe the only thing i can think of with diplo where i could see myself taking it is if it just doesn't feel like there is a good place for me, if I take construction, if, if I'm not going to do anything useful with it, really, mm -hmm. I mean, plopping down two PDS in my home system, it's like, uh, I don't know. I mean, like, there's a lot of pretty easy ways to defend the ghost home system without having to plop down early PDS there. Yeah. You know, maybe if I, you know, maybe I would do that if I right. drew the PDS secret. Um, but even still, like, 
I, I think it would have to be a pretty weird situation and I would have to feel like I'm going to get stalled out. So I have to use diplomacy as like some sort of bargaining chip yeah. in order to not get stalled. Yeah, the, the, the crazy Christmas land scenario I can envision for Diplo is eight resources comes out. All the other bad stuff you just described, I don't have like an ideal slice or whatever. I'm probably going to get my trade goods washed. Like I'm probably going to get three trade goods no matter what as ghosts because yeah, I've yeah. got the trade ships. I've got four commodities. I am somebody somebody wants to trade with. Uh, right. So I can get four from my home, maybe three trade goods and Diplo a one or two resource planet and just get that eight resource objective out of the way. And it won't actually impact my uh, otherwise board. Like I can just get that done and next round spend all my money on actual See, even stuff. in your magic Christmas land. It's though, not I great. Almost feel like I'd, I'd rather build plastic. Well, I'm thinking of a situation where warfare and tech are going to be super annoyingly timed, which I feel like happens sure. more often than not with Diplo. So I'm, I'm taking the worst possible path <laughs> is well, okay. I score eight resources, I guess. But again, it, construction is generally going to be better. What yeah. about politics? We start with gravity drive hunter that that's got to mean Mechatol Rex, right? Yeah, so there's a little bit of disagreement uh, with this in the pre-errata, and I am going to err on the side of we are not, unless you're in some sort of weird situation, I don't think that it is a good idea for me to say in this episode that you should take politics and go after the custodian's token round two. I, you can do it. It's, it's, it's V-doable. Yeah. But I feel like you take a hit... Uh, when it comes to early game command counters that I think can just be a problem for you most of the time. And we're not really a faction that likes to lose any plastic in the early game. Yeah. So if I'm even having to risk a single carrier in order to take this, I don't know, like, obviously it's for a point, right? And and I think I've I've talked about this this whole gambit of like, just send the carrier with the single guy. Yeah. And I've come around to it depending on the faction, you know, Hakan can afford to lose that plastic. It doesn't matter to them, but losing a carrier round two with ghosts, I think can kind of cause you to spiral a little bit in the early game in a way that I'm just not very comfortable with. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I just feel like you don't need that type of heat because I'm going to encourage you to play a ghost. That's very like, you know, we don't want to fight. We want it. We want it to be hard to fight us. Yeah. Because we're not good at we're not good at fighting. Um, right. It's, it's not. It's not part of the ghost uh, bonuses to be really really good at fighting. A lot of the times, if a ghost is good at fighting, it's late game, and it's because they've they're able to bring all of these ships from all of these weird places yeah. to suddenly coalesce into like one fleet. Well, maybe it's, with a flagship. Yeah. And even with PDS shenanigans, it's only in super specific uh, systems that we are very good at fighting. We, we can, sure. be, yeah, we yeah, can yeah, become yeah. fairly defensive, but that does not mean we are super great on the offensive, even though we can get to some crazy places because of our good movement. Uh, I will say uh, Duke Lukum is one of the people that, that said Mechatol X ghosts is good. Uh, so I, I think it's just a risk you need to be super, super aware of before you take it. That's why we're not just saying, oh, definitely go for it because you can really screw yourself up, but you know, check the meta, see how the table's going to let you get away with it. Maybe it's not that bad, but y you really, you just need to know all the factors before you get started on that I'd, path. I'd have to know the players yeah. I think, to play that yeah. style of ghost or be really confident in my abilities, which is, I think what explains why Duke Lukum is saying that. Like yeah. I, maybe Duke can do yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. But I don't know that I can do that, and I don't know that I can recommend other people do that. You us, know? us normal players that aren't champions. Us, no, us, us just mere mortals. <laughs> I don't know that we can contend with that. Um, I mean, it's also worth saying that, you know, we, we generally make money round one 
pretty easily. Yeah. I mean, it'd be sad if you don't get to make money. Um, but se- like selling the speaker on top of that, I say go for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm already telling you that if you, if you are going to take that, if you're like fifth or sixth pick or something and somehow politics got to you, um, then yeah, fine. And and go ahead, sell the speaker token, yeah. uh, make a little extra money in your round one, because like I said, we don't, we don't absolutely have to have leadership round two so that right. we are the Mechatol Rex faction. What really is the plan though? If we take politics round one, what is our round two pick? If we're first pick or if we're, if we're letting someone pick before us, what are we telling them? Hey, please don't pick this and I'll give you speaker token. What's our like, yeah, num- number one get. Well, okay. So, so what's, well, what's interesting here is that my kind of default, like I, if, let's say I don't have any information about how your game is going and somebody just sent me a text being like, what strategy card? It's round three. I'm ghost. That's all they tell me. What, what should I pick? Probably trade and leadership all the time. Yeah. Really. Uh, money and CCs are your jam. Yeah. I feel like just yeah. overall, because you need, you need plastic and you need uh, the ability to just kind of like reconfigure your slice and say, no, I'm going to scoot that over there now. Oh, and look, okay, this big fleet has to now go through this destroyer that I've placed in a weird place so that yeah. now I can send a carrier through the wormhole to go take <laughs> this undefended planet. Like that, that is, that is the way I play ghosts yeah. is it's all about positional stuff. Right. It's not a, and, and also like, I mean, not to say that like, Obviously, you need to be building plastic, but I just feel like a lot of the other bruisier, you know, big boy, meat boy factions, they're going to be able to, you know, they're they're not going to be scared of you in the early game. Um, And the only way that you're ever going to get ahead on that is by just having more raw plastic than the other person. Yeah, yeah. Um, So prioritizing plastic and command counters, I think, is the way to go. And not to say that, you know, we shouldn't be getting any tech at all, but uh, tech is I think a third priority yeah. uh, for ghosts. So you don't you don't like the round two. two double tech to make up for not teching round one. Not well again. So so that, so what I said Depends before was yeah. right right is is if I don't have any information, I just say take trade and leadership right. as right. many times as possible. But obviously, the tech objectives will skew that yeah. right. Yeah. And it's also like it's not that we don't want any unit upgrades either. So like I would like to get. You know, depending if I'm going to go blue green, I would like to get fighter two uh, as soon as I can. I would like to get carrier two, yeah, uh, and, and and you know stuff like that. So it's not like it's it's not like it would be a horrible idea. I just think it would be a little weird if I was just like definitely always double check sure. round two. No, That's, exactly. That does sound a little strange. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we talked about construction during Diplo earlier. It sounds like that's actually our sixth pick. We sort of went into its re its rationale you know you can either get that forward dock or plop into pds especially on let's say that forward system that you take is like a biz fria a three two two pds if you know you can get a uh a wormhole above it like if you can do creus iff mm-hmm. shenanigans put a wormhole down above a biz fria before you even move in or if you know you're gonna get wormhole generator or whatever having like a really good system with two pds on it and then like also the space stock eventually or maybe you do the space stock and pds now whatever getting that forward position with all that stuff on it can be really really good um and if we are picking last anyways getting ahead on that is is pretty great because we don't necessarily want to take construction ever again (laughs) sure um yeah i I, i'll say this so 
There's a lot of really good stuff that Imsen yeah. gave us yeah. um, as far as pre-errata goes. And Imsen likes PDS Mua, or sorry, PDS uh, Ghost a lot. And, yeah. and he, he probably likes them more than me, uh, for sure. So I am going to kind of have a bias away from PDS yeah. uh, Ghost. However, I will say this, Imsen is another player I would call out definitely much better than you or I when it right. comes to... I mean, probably just TI in general, but sure. definitely As for ghosts. sure goes. Yeah. Well, and um, the big thing too is that's another situation of can Imsen get away with stuff that us normal people cannot? Maybe so. His argument for the PDS uh, ghost is quite good just in the fact of literally PDS is not better with any other faction. Like ghosts are the best PDS faction because your range of those PDS is so yes. far extended because you can shoot yes. through bone extra wormholes and you can put wormholes places that they otherwise couldn't have gone. So your wormhole, your your alpha wormhole PDS can shoot into beta wormhole territories. You've literally like doubled the territory, not, not, not quite doubled, but whatever. You've extended how far your PDS can shoot and you can just do crazy stuff with them. So if you are good with PDS and know what you're doing when you play with PDS, that's when they're good. I am terrible with PDS and I don't prioritize it enough. So every time I play, this is why I'm terrible with extra, right? I'm not good at that kind of play. So that it, it falls on deaf ears with me. And I think there are people out there that are just like me that will also struggle quite a bit with PDS ghosts. Yeah, I, I think that one of the things that you need to know about Imsen 2 is that Imsen likes wormhole generator. Yeah. So Imsen doesn't mind if he, if he can't get someone to do IFF shenanigans because he's just going to generate the wormhole himself and just say like, all right, I set up my PDS network. Here's the annoying place. I put yeah. the wormhole and now what are you going to do? Right. You know? Right. Um, so yeah, he's comfortable with that. And, and I mean, I do think it's, I do think it's worth noting for anybody that if you have construction round one, just the idea of going to a juicy equidistant and setting up and saying, right. like, you know, I'm, I know this is aggressive, but I literally already plopped a PDS down here. So like, what are you going to do? Yeah. And it? you have so much range on that first carrier. It's really, I mean, you, you can move three with that carrier, which is anybody else's two move, right? It's, it's the slipstream yeah. gets you to the Creus gate and then the gravity drive gets you two away from where everybody else's home system is. So you can easily get to an equidistant. You can easily get adjacent to Mechatol. So you have a lot of range of what you can do with your first carrier. So you should be able to get a pretty good system. If your slice yeah. is totally junk, okay, yeah, that's going to be a problem. That's going to be a problem with anybody. So whatever. You have more options than most factions do, though. Yeah. All yeah. right. I, I think I think construction goes up if, if you're planning to play this way, yeah, obviously. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, okay, so trade is great, as you've just kind of outlined. What are we doing? What are we trying to do with trade round one specifically outside of all the other rounds? We just love getting trade and making money. I mean, if we're real sneaky, we can probably do the X minus one. I mean, if we plot it out real, real good. Yeah. We can probably do X minus one with three people. Uh, if we put the destroyer in the right place uh, where we can get two, right? Mm -hmm. And then we say to a third person, will you come to me? Bam. Like, right. That, it's, that, that isn't that far-fetched to do. Yeah. Um, you just got to be careful with who you're doing it with. You got to make sure they can all do that. Um, but yeah, I I think I think trade is just kind of duh, real good. I mean, yeah. it's it's obviously good for them. Three, you know, the three trade goods on X minus one with three people. We're talking what ten? You make three. You're gonna make your four back. You're gonna yeah. You you should be able to get at least ten trade goods. 
Yeah. And then obviously you can do debt meta with the other two people. Yeah. Um, so you're still going to get those trade goods down the line. So having 10 trade goods, I mean, you could even, if leadership pops right, you, you could even get a CC. Yeah. You know, right. that if, you first get, round, if you make your trade goods real fast, you can yeah. just turn that into an extra command counter. The other thing that's nice with trade uh, is maybe sometimes warfare's be in a real persnickety so and so and you can get you can pay them off a little bit to not stall warfare you really want warfare to happen in your favor and you don't yeah. have unlimited stalls but trade give, at least gives you some level of leverage uh yeah. to, to talk to talk them down and, and maybe get a better warfare timing for yourself yeah and i've been trying to de-emphasize tech a little bit in the early game here um, and I want to take this opportunity to say, like, obviously, if I get trade, I'm I'm having it all. Yeah, you know what I mean? Right. I'm having a little bit of everything, you know? <laughs> I'm walking down the buffet being like, I'm going to have some of this, I'm going to have some of that. Yeah. A little bit of plastic, You're getting the wontons. I mean, you just you yeah. get to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting crab rangoons, <laughs> you know? I'm going all the way. Uh, Fried rice, all of it. How do we feel about warfare? Warfare it feels like has been going up and down with some factions. So it's like, I used to think warfare is always a top get, but I'm I'm like... That feels like it's changed recently. Well, it depends on who you're, who you're talking to and, and who you're talking about. I'm going to just kind of cop out and put it in the middle somewhere. <laughs> um, so wh- whatever. I, I, I don't think I don't think it's bad. I don't I, yeah. I think I think I'd rather have uh, warfare than like, you know, construction or diplo or maybe even politics, depending yeah. on the situation. Um, that's probably about where I'd put it. Right. Yeah. Uh, probably, probably would like tech a little better. I don't know. It even depends a little bit. Yeah. Um, cause it's kind of just like, and this is definitely not a situation where I'm not going to say that the way you should do it is, you know, move, uh, warfare, the carrier and then move the carrier again. Like that's way too flimsy. Yeah. But I think just having your security of saying like, okay, like I'm going to, I'm going to be able to build and warfare off that build uh, without anybody screwing it up. Yep. You know, like basically every every strategy card besides like trade and tech, uh, you could get warfare stalled. And obviously you could still get warfare stalled with trade if they're just unwilling yeah. to budge. Right, right. You know, um, you'd hope that if you had trade, you could give somebody a buck and in order to not get stalled, but maybe you can't. Yeah. So having that security, I think, is worth it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we're talking like a, you know, move uh, move out with the carrier, move the destroyer somewhere, uh, build, and then warfare, yeah. and then move. Right. And you could also, one thing that's kind of interesting is, you know, dropping a CC out of fleet supply in that first round. Now, let's not get, you know, let's not end up in a, this is like kind of slice dependent. Yeah. If you have a low influence slice and you're thinking of taking a CC out of fleet supply. Uh, uh-uh, uh, you better wake up and apologize. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, the, the big thing to consider is don't, you know, if you're going to get something really good out of it, go for it. The other thing too, is with, uh, with ghosts, because your home system is one step away, this doesn't apply to all game, but rounds one and two, your home system has like an extra layer of protection just by virtue of being further away from everyone, right? No one, yeah. almost no one is getting into your home system round one to blockade it, uh, but that can happen to everybody. You can do that to other people, right? But they can't do it to you. So warfare and leaving your home system basically empty, although not usually advisable, you can at least survive a round and then build in your home system next round and like be okay. So you, you can really get all of your stuff out there 
and have your home system basically empty and survive because people just aren't going to get to your home system right away or unless they're like yeah, they don't have really the unless they really hate you <laughs> right but right. generally yeah they don't even have the movement to get there so you you have an extra layer of safety and that's the main thing that makes warfare kind of nice is you can really like clear out and get stuff everywhere and then be okay uh yeah. okay so we've been talking a little bit down on tech so it's not it's not our favorite get there's nothing we can get round one that like changes things for us but if we did pick it, if we're fifth or fourth pick or something and tech is available to us, what are we, are we double teching though? Like we can't get one tech that's going to be useful for us. Can we get no, two no, no, tech? No. no, I don't, I don't think we are double teching. No, no, no. I, th- I think I, I would rather, and actually, you know, when we were writing this, I think I gave the edge to warfare over tech. Yeah. And I actually, I'm going to just kind of like remix that right now. I think tech is, is good, uh, yeah, I, I would put it like just below trade and leadership mm-hmm, for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe even close to where leadership is. It's it's not simply, it's not really about, we've talked a lot about like, oh, I'm worried about being uh, warfare stalled as ghost. And what's nice is that's probably not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, in this case, um, hopefully. Uh, It'd be so, crazy. <laughs> It'd be crazy if you got warfare stalled as the tech holder. I mean, it could, it can still happen. Totally. Um, I, I don't want to act like it's impossible, but, um, yeah. but yeah, I definitely am not a fan of double teching uh, with ghosts round one. Uh, I think, you know, you, you probably need to go for neural or, or plasma scoring, mm-hmm. depending on like what path you're going to go down. Um, I think you, once we get to the tech path uh, section, you'll see that we're actually going to recommend like a lot of different yeah. stuff. There's options uh, for as ghosts. ghosts. Yeah. So like, I think it's more that they're, they're not like, you know, they're not somebody like Muat where it feels like we're kind of hemmed into like, kind of just like two paths. Um, and because of that, I think you should kind of let the skips available to you and the map guide your choice as yeah. far as the tech path goes. Um, but yeah, I think just, just by virtue of the fact that we're going to get a tech, we're going to have $4 and, Four plus three dollars likely. Yeah, yeah. Um, to spend on plastic. That's a strong opener. I like that. Um it's it it really just comes down to like what what are you gonna what weird stuff are you maybe gonna be able to do with leadership? And like I just think I think trade is definitely uh better as long as warfare isn't gonna be a, a butt. Yeah, you know. Right, right. Um and then of course we're not doing Imperial. Don't get don't get cute. Yeah. Um all right. No. Let's break down what the problems are uh, as we get into the, you know, round two and onward. What are we trying to fix for? What what, what are our uh, problems we need to solve? Yeah, um, so we've kind of talked about it a little bit already, but obviously our plastic situation is a little dire in the early game. Um, we have the speed. We don't have uh, the the gum or the uh, n- n- gum's maybe not the best. The way muscle, the armor, the muscle. Yeah, yeah, we need some muscle. We're we're small and scrappy, um, so it creates a situation where there's kind of a temptation to like risk your game early for points. Yeah. Um, and if you're not, you know, it's like some of the more experienced players on the Discord will talk a little freewheely when it comes to this idea. I think, and it's because they are like. They're basically like human calculators and they're really good at like calculating exactly how much risk there is in a single move that if you don't feel confident in, uh, in that for yourself, I I feel like it's better to kind of slow roll it a bit. 
uh, picking and choosing systems to take, um, but not too many of them and, and not, you know, not by spending everything on uh, just taking a few juicy systems. Right. More like being like, I'm going to fill up my slice in a strategic way. I'm not necessarily going to, I'm not going to do something crazy like I'm going to take both equidistance or yeah. I'm taking the custodians and I'm going to make a play for Mechatol Rex. Like the people that try to do that, the reason, if it's successful, the reason it is, is because they can look and calculate exactly how many options there are for stopping them and if they figure out oh like this is actually an opening i can take this uh then they do that right right? Uh, and if you don't feel like that fits you then i'm just going to encourage you to like kind of take it slow let's let's get some plastic ghosts are a good faction and your biggest problem is your own hubris (laughs) it's like do you push yourself too far and someone finally decides to you know slap you down because they can usually do that so it's like can you wheel and deal enough to not get punched well then maybe you can do risky stuff but yeah for for lots of people it's not that easy and so stretching yourself thin is very easy to do as ghosts and it can lead to a kind of impossible mid and late game Right. I would say we are absolutely not gunning for a fight in the early game, which is good. We're good at trade. Yeah. You know, we have a, a juicy promissory note. There's a lot of reasons to be nice to a ghost player. Right. Uh, so it's not like you don't have the tools necessary to keep the table liking you. So just remember, yeah, let's let's not get into a fight until we have gotten, we've kind of gained ground as far as the plastic yeah. goes. Okay. Well, we you, you mentioned, Hunter, just a second ago that uh, we have a lot of options with tech so let's try to uh make this more digestible for people then and you know we're not going to have the exact path you have to do each game it's more about kind of understanding the colors like what what you have access to and knowing when to shift gears or whatever or as most people will say you kind of have to pick your path from the get-go so you have to like really analyze your slice what what tech skips you're going to have access to uh, what kind of planets you're going to be able to maybe put PDS down or not, like if that's a factor, uh, you have to kind of assess all that stuff more or less right away and then make the right choices from there. So what, Hunter, is sort of your favorite flavor of ghosts? Yeah, so I'm I'm boring. I like I like stuff that I think just works. And I also think I, what I, I... Not to contradict anything you just said, I think... Everything you just said makes sense uh, if your goal is to play optimal ghosts. But I think if you go blue-green with ghosts, I think you're going to have a good time yeah. most of the time. I, I, th- I think it'll be okay, at least. Maybe you won't win, but you'll perform okay. And this these guides aren't about teaching you how to win. They're about just teaching you how to do okay. Yeah. I just decided that right. suddenly. Well, it's about, being, um, it's about the most reliable strategies. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, What's cool is if we have a blue blue skip or a green skip, we can kind of maneuver around the blue green path just getting, you know, the really good the stuff. The heavy hitters, yeah. Yeah, the heavy hitters. Um getting hyper metabolism really fast, that's super cool. If we can get it round 2, I'd like that. Um I'd feel pretty good about my game if I knew I was making some extra CCs on the on the dollar or whatever. Yeah. Um there's a lot of really interesting um uh, <laughs> unit upgrades uh, for ghosts that are worth noting. Um, they're kind of all the usual suspects, but I just want to call out Fighter 2 is really cool for ghosts. Um, because of 
the fact that they have a plastic issue, most of the time when I play Ghost, my goal is to just gum really efficiently Mm -hmm. and really specifically in such a way that uh, people, even if they'd like to attack me, just don't really have it. They don't really have the path in order to do it. Um, so that that's kind of my general plan if I'm just playing some random game as ghosts. Um, I would say that Dreadnought 2 is really easy to add to this formula if you have a yellow skip. Um, however, you know, Carrier 2 and Fighter Swarms plus like infantry yeah. um, is also very uh, viable with this. Um, wormhole Generator is cool if your group it will not budge on the IFF. Um, however, I also really like fleet logistics yeah. just in general. That's probably my favorite tech in base game TI4 in general. Right. Um, and, and Ghost is sneaky, right? So once we get to the late game, the idea that we might come up with some very strange stuff to do with fleet logistics, I think is quite likely. Yeah, that's so, true. So um, I, I, I really feel like fleet logistics don't sleep on it. Um, so like, I mean, I kind of just called out like all three the normal. Skips. Yeah. You know, it's like if you have any skip at all, Besides red skip, I literally just described something you can do with it that will help with this. Right. You know, skipping AMD to wormhole generator or, or fleet logistics, that's great. Skipping to hyper, that's great. Yep. Skipping to dread two, those are all, all of those are great yep. options. Yep. Um, anti mass deflectors, I want to make a special note of that when it comes to talking about this tech path or just anti mass deflectors in general. Um, you know, we're a faction that likes to spread out. There's a lot of ghost games I find where. I, you know, I don't want to get anti-mass deflectors. I already got gravity yeah. drive. I don't want to get that for this. But the thing is, depending on where those asteroid fields are, th- it might be really important for you to have that option, honestly. Right. I feel like that comes up a lot in ghost games where it's like, I just need the option of being able to go there. Right. Well, what, um, what always stinks is having all of that bonus movement and then spending all of that bonus movement to like walk the slow way around an asteroid field. You totally, just wasted totally. your whole advantage in doing that. So yeah. You're right. So yeah. often anti-mass does still become kind of a required get. Or like in a way, sometimes um, let's say my neighbor has anti-mass deflectors, like maybe even they started with it, God forbid. Uh, and then the w- <laughs> there's like a space where they're on the other side of an asteroid field and and then on the other side on my end, uh, I'm kind of weak. You know, it's like that's a place where if they go over that asteroid field, they can strike me. I hate that because I would rather just have AMD myself and then just park a fighter two there and just say, all right, you can you can come this way, but it's going to cost you two CCs, not one. So that's yeah. that's helpful. Um, so it definitely don't sleep on, on AMD. Yeah. So uh, we're going to talk about blue red and we're also going to talk about red yellow but in writing it uh i feel like what what i realized is they're actually kind of the same for ghosts especially depending on the skips uh and and it sort of feeds into what hunter was just saying basically a green skip a blue skip and a yellow skip are all awesome for you red skips are always just good for the influence for you um maybe late game um in a blue red scenario a red skip can get you to a assault cannon Uh, But we'll talk about that in a second. But I just want to point out the similarities of blue, red and red, yellow, red, yellow would be saying hard stop on. We are doing PDS, too. That's that's like a major factor. We're Mm -hmm. maybe even going for war suns, which I don't think we're recommending. We're just saying like that would be the pathway to do it. And war sun ghosts is pretty crazy. Um, those are very, very fast war suns that can do quite a bit. They are basically better than prototype war sun twos, uh, just uh, two dollars more expensive. But right, the idea is with both blue red with okay blue red with a yellow skip means we can do PDS two. 
red, yellow with a uh, like with a blue skip means we can do wormhole generator or some other extra things that help our PDS situation. So totally, these totally. two feed into each other. So with all that in mind, let's specifically talk about blue, red then. what? Why is blue, red important to us? Yeah, so blue-red is, you know, of course, like the cooler new tech path uh, <laughs> that every time, you know, it can be brought up, it's like, I, I just think it's great. Um, dimensional splicer is kind of bread and butter uh, for this. It's just such a sweet thing to have. Uh, Destroyer 2 uh, plus dimensional splicer plus, you know, if we can get to assault cannon yeah. somehow in the late game, just so much extra hits yeah. on hits on hits. Um this is also, if you go blue-red, uh, if you have a yellow skip, you can get both PDS2 and Dread2. That's yeah. such a weird combination. Right. That's really only possible uh, because you're ghost. Yeah, if, you if I have the yellow skip, easy access to it in my slice, like very quickly too, I think I actually want to... This all also, of course, depends on all of the different factors. But if I have a yellow skip specifically, I think I would rather go blue-red than blue-green. The other situation, yeah. you know, the green skip and the blue skip le- push me actually more towards blue green, but a yellow skip, I'm like blue red can do quite a bit because this is the the picture I want to paint. A destroyer two parked in a in a wormhole system with all of your PDS po- also pointing at that wormhole system means a bunch of AFB, a dimensional splicer to automatically kill a ship, and then all of your PDS shots. If you have more three ships or more and you you happen to get assault cannon in the late game that's two hits automatic hits before the combat plus all the pds plus all the afb it's just like you're not losing in space with with all of this stuff going on the big thing with all that is it takes all of the front end legwork right to get the pds in range to get all the way up to dimensional splicer in addition to all the other upgrades that you need to put Mm -hmm. the wormholes exactly where you have to put the wormholes so you're kind of spending all of your energy in the early and mid game just setting up this combo if you're not also scoring points during all of that then you are way too far behind by the time you have this unstoppable combo you can't score enough points to keep up with the pack and that's where this sort of falls apart yeah i would say generally speaking blue green is if you're just kind of on autopilot yeah i i think it'll be easier for you to just like not get stuck you know yeah. in some sort of weird Oh man, I I'm I'm trying to set up this PDS network. It's not quite working, or like I'm having to turn around or something like that. Yeah. Um. But blue, red, and red, yellow. I feel like, especially blue, red. I want to say I I think blue, red kind of has the edge for me a little bit, um, because of how crazy wormhole generator can get with PDS. Yeah. Um. But uh, the whole the whole thing there is that it feels like late game you can almost feel like a superpower ghost. Yeah. Almost, not yeah. quite. Yeah. I, I feel like ghosts never really feel like they're like super powered or right. whatever. Right. Um, but, it, but it can get, can get pretty nuts in uh, specific hexes. Um, so yeah, I, and, and it's interesting because I feel like this all comes down to, and, and totally would appreciate some errata on this, but I really think, you know, if you are going to tech round one, uh, that it really just comes down to like you either get neural or you're going this blue green that where you're going this blue green direction or you get plasma in which case we've not necessarily decided whether we're going blue red or red yellow yeah uh, really at all but it can go either way right and I love dimensional splicer uh, I rarely get to play with it obviously because yeah. I'm a, a blue green guy but every time I get it I'm like man the utility of this is really fun and it also I would say opens up the flagship as uh, a possibility. 
I don't think the flagship is that good unless you have dimensional splicer. Yeah. Like it, it's yeah. not as it, it's to me, it's almost never worth building a flagship unless it is really going to open up my game. Yeah. Because when you build a flagship, you're putting a point on the table. Mm-hmm. And traditionally it's a point people score like as their final point, yeah. a lot of the time it's some sort of dramatic finish. And I don't want to enable anyone to have that. But with dimensional splicer, I feel like um, the Phil Collinch, which is its name, uh, uh, it really kind of opens that up. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. So the the only thing left then really is is like going hard red yellow. And honestly, I think this just is less good than blue red. But if you don't have the yellow skip for blue red, you know, the, I think Imsen is the one who said red yellow is kind of what you do if you have absolutely no skips and you have the right slice for it to like get the PDS down. And I think that's mm-hmm. a fair thing. But again, it takes a lot of work to make it work. Uh, you, you have to put in all that effort to get everything where it needs to be. Uh, and you, you don't end up with as much, um, cool stuff really. I mean, you, you, you can still get destroyer two, but you're not necessarily getting things like carrier two or, you know, the mobility that you would really like to see, or even dread two. Um, so it's, it's just a trickier path than, you know, blue, red with yellow skip is just, it it really just comes down to yellow tech isn't very good. So calling it red, yellow implies I'm doing two yellow techs. Um, It it means I'm getting graviton, maybe skipping to transit, but I don't think transit is especially useful for ghosts. So graviton on ghosts, is that really changing your game? No, probably not. So it could, it It depends on who you're going up against. You know what I mean? Yeah. Graviton is one of those things that like sometime in a lot of games, it feels really crummy and then sometimes there'll just be this one game where it's like, oh my God, I'm, it's so lucky yeah. that they had Graviton <laughs> for that one activation. Yeah, right. That was perfect. Right. Saved everything. That's a, Graviton is so weird like that. Yeah. Um, it's gotten to a point where I think, I used to think it was a lot better than I think it is now, but then occasionally there'll just be a game where I'm yeah. just like, man, you, you, you can't sleep on it every time, yeah. that tech. Yeah. So, you know, ideally we went blue, green or blue, red ish. We maybe have PDS all over the board or we probably still have good movement and we have four commodities. What does our trade situation look like? What are we trying to do with the meta all game? Yeah. uh, Well, I mean, we're a four commodity faction, so we're a good boy Mm -hmm. and people want to be our friend. And that's (laughs) nice. A couple things to talk about before we even get to the IFF just kind of discussion yeah. in general. Uh, we need to talk about the agenda deck. It is not your friend. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't like you. It will be mean to you a lot. <laughs> and trying to work that into your game might be challenging, especially yeah. for a newer player. Um, but it's just worth noting. There are three agendas that you need to be on the lookout for. Yep. Wormhole reconstruction, uh, wormhole research, and enforced travel ban. All three of these agendas have a negative aspect that specifically targets you. Yeah, just to be clear with those, uh, wormhole research is basically the one where if it gets voted against, uh, sorry, for each player who has one or more ships and systems that contains wormhole, they get to research a tech. So you could get a lot, you, you can get a tech off of wormhole research, but then you destroy uh-huh. all ships in systems that contain an alpha or beta wormhole. And like we've said, we are probably gumming up wormholes and we end up in a lot of them so we very easily or more importantly we have like a whole big base centered around the fact that we put a wormhole above it so wormhole research can kill loads of our ships in a way that is just absolutely tragic 
Wormhole Recon. So that one, yeah. that one is okay if we know it's coming up, yes, right? If right. We, if we can somehow, if if we somehow get wind of that one, you that that won't always ruin your game. What's really messed up is this next yeah, one. Yeah, Wormhole Reconstruction is uh, the four is interesting because it makes everybody have your ability that the alphas and betas are adjacent to each other, right? Um, mm-hmm. But the against is each player places a command token from their reinforcements in each system that contains a wormhole and one or more of their ships and this specifically targets all wormholes not just alpha and beta so not only does this target your possible forward base with the wormhole above it it also hits your home system and it will ruin your round that like whatever round this whatever agenda phase this happens on if this is like a round four agenda phase your round five is dead yeah you just don't get to have one yeah, it's not fun. Uh, and we've seen this come out even in tournament games where uh, th- there is a tournament game. I think it's the one of the semifinals for this year, maybe game five, possibly game six. Uh-huh. I think it's game five, actually, where we saw a ghost player in, you know, it was in the semifinals. We had a ghost player. We were all excited. We were hyped. I was actually Patience, who was playing as the ghost. Yep. And I believe it was either this agenda or this next one we're going to read came out and it just... It just wrecked it. Well, and, the, it and, and really that's the big it. point is you can be having a great game and that's even worse. The second you have a great game is when the person who played politics auto, like puts, puts this on top and there's no negotiation you can do to get out of it. Uh, the last one right. is enforced travel ban. And it's actually half of it is great for you. Uh, four alpha and beta wormholes no, have no effect during movement. You are now the only because your ability specifically states game effects cannot take this away from you. Uh Everyone else will not be allowed to use wormholes, but you get free access to all of them still, which is actually really great yeah, for you. Cool. But yeah. the against is to destroy each PDS in or adjacent to each system that contains a wormhole. So if we're going for that, this might even be part of why Hunter is so afraid of going PDS ghosts is if you are going PDS ghosts, this ruins your entire plan like this. Right. The whole point is to put PDS in wormhole territories and you're going to lose them with this so and that's another one where it applies to wormholes in general yeah, your not home system specifically alpha and beta so that is your your home system as well right uh it's not not fun uh that one so so we we bring this up to say that you are a faction that is not necessarily against the idea of buying up uh, political secrets. Yeah. Now you never want to spend too much money on a political secret, right? Cause you're buying something that might not be useful. However, if you find a way to work it into your deals, yeah. it might protect you from this situation yeah. Uh, yeah. from these coming up. Cause if these come up, there's a, such a strong inclination for each of the other players to vote against you because each of them is just kind of set up in a way where it's like, yeah. even if they get something out of it, they're just kind of like, well, I'd rather hurt you right. a lot then help me a little. Yeah, you know? th- this is also of- why I, as ghosts, consider not getting in on any of those really early support for the throne swaps. Yeah, uh, those I can agree be with tempting that. to get like early leverage. But honestly, ghosts, not only do you not necessarily want to be in the point lead because when these agendas come up, you will get hit harder, but you want to have your support for the throne around so that when this agenda does come up, you have enough ammo to toss at the other players to convince them not to vote against you in this. Right. So being able to right. give your four commodity trade agreement out to one player, give your support for the throne to another player and your ceasefire to one more, you may have to do that to keep all of your ships from blowing up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd say like, so if I go PDS ghost, just to kind of word it how you would do it. So let's say, you know, I'm PDS ghost and somebody needs to pay the the troll toll. (laughs) 
Maybe instead of having them pay the troll toll and give you a single trade good or whatever, just ask for their political secret. Yeah. You, it, it's like a lot of, the, we're only talking about three agendas here, right? So like you're going to play a lot of games and these are not going to come up, but they are going to come up yes. at some point yeah. while you are playing Ghost. It, well, and if, when you are happen. in the game, again, when you, when you are in the game, politics holder, if it's not you, sees one of these agendas and they go, oh, I'll definitely put it on top. This is going to be crazy. That's the other thing. So that is, there's a self-selection bias that yes. happens with it. Um, yeah, because it's not that it's not that every time we're just merely drawing at random out of the deck. Uh, someone's seen some of these and I, either decided to or 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 decided not to. Um, and so it kind of goes even further to say, do not sell your political secret. Yeah. People don't really sell these anyways. It's kind of unnecessary for us to say this, but for sure, don't do it as goes. <laughs> yeah. it, it is not worthless uh, if. There are situations you could get into where you're going to need your votes because of uh, of these agendas. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Well, let's get into the messy business with Creus IFF and how yeah. just how obviously we can't talk about the multitude of ways. This is like the one promissory note that Hunter and I don't sleep on. Right. There's so often we're like, <laughs> I don't know what we do with it. This one, we're like, sell it all the time. Get it out there. Do whatever. It's like you, you, you can do crazy stuff with it. So like. I guess, first off, what are the examples? And then you have some, like, warning signs with Creus IFF. Sure. Well, let, let's cover this first, yeah. uh, actually, the warning okay. sign. Because the thing is, all of the IFF weirdness that happens, almost all of the trading that you see people do with it is non-binding agreements. Yes. It's very hard to make the IFF a binding agreement um, because it's actually not designed to be one, right? right. It's literally designed for... You to give them the card, and then you don't know where they're going to put yeah. the wormhole. Right. Well, that's but the whole thing is you can't you can't make a binding deal with how someone uses a component that they don't have yet. So all yes. you can do is make a binding deal to give them the thing for an amount of money or whatever. Exactly. But what exactly. they do after that, up to them. So it's important to remember if you know the people that you play with, and you and you guys have a IFF uh, stands for uh, it's fun and fancy free, <laughs> then whatever. Like what? They just trade it around. Who cares? Maybe somebody will just just decide to break that meta at some point. Um, but if you don't know these people, remember all of the IFF weirdness that people do is generally non-binding, meaning that you might sell it to someone in the early game, expecting them to be nice and give you a wormhole, and actually they keep it for the late game because in the late game. Uh, it's pretty powerful. Yeah. It's pretty powerful for king slaying. It's pretty powerful for opening up a action phase objective to a player by just like, oh, I'm going to plop this wormhole down here. Now I can move my big fleet over here and score, make an example yep. or whatever, right. what have you. Right. Um, and and so you just got to be careful and, and figure out whether you trust this person in order to do these IFF shenanigans. Yeah. Now, what do I mean by IFF shenanigans, Matt? Yeah, it's it it can be anything. The the big things to know, I actually kind of want to like reread the text for you because of how yeah, let's do it. goofy it can get. Okay, so here's Creus IFF again. And again, this is ghosts have given this to a different player. So let's say Hunter's Arborek and I give him the Creus IFF. At the start of Hunter's turn during the action phase, place or move a Creus wormhole token into either a system that contains a planet you control, the Arborek player controls, or a non-home system that does not contain another player's ships. So round one, if you can get this stuff out, especially right away, you can put these wormholes literally anywhere because everything's empty so far. So uh, you can open up people's access to some really crazy stuff if they, you know, if they've got 
a wormhole adjacent to their home and then they want to get to Lodor or whatever, or if you're putting it next to them, you can do all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, sometimes people sell it to Xcha to open up their crazy PDS network to like protect the rest of the board or whatever. That sounds super dangerous to me. But the I, the whole point is rounds one and two or whatever, you can sell the, you can put these tokens literally anywhere. And what used to be the commonplace thing was ghosts would literally give the card for free and then you make it binding to say, okay, now when it's your turn, I'll give you two trade goods or one trade good or whatever to put it exactly where I want it because I'm trying to get my wormhole above Abyss Freya before I even move in there. Uh, Because as the ghost of Krius, you're doing me a favor by putting the wormhole in my slice. Uh, So that's the sort of idea. Now, as the game goes on, the the if gets harder and harder to use because people's stuff end up everywhere and you have to get really strategic with like whose hands you put it in and how it'll do anything. And we'll talk about the the crazy wind slaying stuff later, but uh, it it can be used to like crazy disastrous effect, but it is most useful rounds like one two maybe even into round three can you like do the most shenanigans with it also just to throw it out there my favorite stupid goofy thing is to get an iff token above mechatol rex uh this is especially goofy when the objective to have two systems adjacent to mechatol rex is out because now every wormhole is adjacent to mechatol rex and you you can sometimes get the table to like maybe group pay you a little bit like a trade good from three different people just to like make it really easy for everyone to score that point or whatever. Like there's really stupid stuff you can do with a wormhole above Mechatol. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I feel like we've seen that maybe even in a tournament. Yeah. I feel like that happened. Right. Uh, And very, very fun. Yeah. Um, And, and obviously, you know, you, you want to make sure you get paid for that kind of deal. Yeah. Um, Let's, let's stop talking about that. We're going to talk about the IFF again when we get to the late (laughs) game. Let's talk about the mid game. Um, because for me, the mid game is all I, I wrote it here. Gum, you gummy. Because <laughs> um, for me, and and I've kind of already said this in the guide. Uh, for me, it is literally about moving my ships around in a strategic, positional way, so as to block uh, anyone from attacking my vulnerable positions that are important to me. Yep. Um, blocking just spaces in general dimensional splicer is so good for this type of yeah. play uh in that i can just send a destroyer to the other side of a wormhole and just say like here i am you gotta bring <laughs> more than you'd want yeah. to to stop this you're gonna have to waste a whole cc and move a real fleet over <laughs> here because this destroyer might kill your dreadnought with this dimensional splicer yeah. could happen right could happen um so yeah uh it's 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 very for me, it's very much about that. And now it depends on what type you're playing. If, you, if you're playing a kind of slower roll, PDS-focused ghost, yeah, maybe you don't have the fighter twos for gum. But even in that situation, you could be pumping out destroyers to use as your gum as well. Um, so it's it's th- this does feel kind of universal. Um, I feel like sneaking around your opponents by taking leadership and trade frequently so that you always have like lots of command counters yeah. in order to stall or maneuver ahead of your enemies always very very good play um i feel like you aren't really a mechatol rex faction even in the early game or in the mid game yeah um but you are a little sneaksy goblin ghost so (laughs) if the opportunity presents itself uh why not sneak in there and and steal mechatol rex for a round and possibly get an imperial point off of it you know what i mean like you're one of those factions where you can take imperial in mid game and say like okay Maybe I'm maybe I don't even have two points right now, but if I get weird 
And, you know, Hakan, who's sitting there with just a carrier, maybe I can sneak in, get that point, and nobody has to to know about it. Um, I feel like uh, it it really depends on the other factions and, and where everyone is and stuff, which is why I kind of place so much import, importance on uh, your position. Yeah. Uh, so blocking a, a big nasty boy from getting to Mechatol Rex and then saying, now I'm going for Mechatol Rex. <laughs> right. That's great. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I park the the destroyer in between Mechatol Rex and then go for it. To me, that's always how yeah. I want my ghost play to look like. Right. Um, in general, though, like, let's, especially in the mid game, uh, let's try and avoid fighting as much as possible. We don't want to be super aggressive. Yeah. Uh, we want to sneak in and steal stuff from people when they can't respond or... Yes. or if they if they are going to respond, make it as difficult as possible. Yeah. Okay. We go through the wormhole and we get some control objective from somebody. They better have passed, yeah. buddy. Uh, there there yeah. is also a Hakan level to the ghost meta. If you really want to go there, and if you're this kind of player, there's a certain amount of because we're so sneaky. Sometimes we can we we have the tool, especially with the Creus IFF, but also I mean with four commodities and stuff like that. We we have the tools to make action happen elsewhere that doesn't involve us so keep mm-hmm. in, in the mid game keep that iff on the table for people to buy again it's still always risky someone might keep it but if you the, the general rule and we're going to talk about this with king slaying as well but the general rule when you sell the iff is know exactly what that player's plan is to use it and, totally. and and if you can see that there's an obvious value and there's no reason they would backstab you on it and not play the iff right away Know exactly what that plan is. Get paid the right amount for it. And the biggest thing that you can do is cause conflict like on the other side of the table. Really mess up, like get those people to be playing against each other in a different way. If you can, if you've got a problem with your neighbor to your right and and they have an alpha wormhole in their slice, sell the alpha, alpha across the table to like the barony player. And the barony now has access to go mess up that player to your right's game. Like you can do tricksy little things and pay attention to what other people's goals are. Stay out of their way. Let them go where they need to go, where it messes up another player and then sneak in on the other side of that to go clean up whatever they left behind or what somebody else left behind. You're it's always all positional and it's not just from your own perspective that you're playing as the ghost of crease you're looking at everybody's game and trying to predict what they want and getting in there and kind of saying hey i see you might want a fourth tech skip or a third tech skip and i see there's one right over there if you just had access to this creus iff you want to you want to get in there and go take that from hakan and like that's absolutely viable and can really it's sort of an entanglement you know we talk about that with root a lot these days but you have access to some entanglement plays that like get everybody else to sort of get in each other's way while you rise above them. I love that, Matt. Uh, <laughs> I, I, it did not occur to me that what you should do with the IFF is look and see what points someone could score if only. Yeah. And then go from there. That's, that's so great. Yeah. Sell people points. Yeah. You're, you're like not, <laughs> you're not one of these factions that like, you know, you have this like cool trick. Yeah. You're kind of a one trick pony which is, I think, why people like this faction yeah. so much, is because it's just like, here's what they do, and it's cool, yeah. right? But it's not, it, it, you know, the really good factions have these kind of like layered advantages, yeah. right? Where it's like, it's not just this; they also have this like kind of extra thing as well, and also a good tech path. Right. You know, it's like a couple things go right for them. Yeah. Whereas with ghosts, it's like there's kind of like one thing. I've got the old really. okie doke. You can do the yeah. okie doke if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I can just give you this okie doke card, and you do the okie doke. And and and. I, 
I'm not. I'm trying to say that it's a they're a one trick pony from the jump. Obviously, yeah. you know, if you get if you set yourself up, you know that they they are a multi layered ad- advantage. Yeah, but. Uh, from the beginning, you're kind of just like, uh, I zoom real fast. And it's not a race car game, so it's like not always going to pay off. Yeah, yeah. Um, but let's get let's get into late game. Let's talk about, um, I don't know how much we want to talk about weird Kingslay stuff. I mean, I want to make sure and say that with the IFF, you are kind of Captain Kingslay. Yep. And you better get that money, honey. Yeah, like, I, I, do not just give it out. I am free. sick of the argument of... Hey, if you don't do this, you don't win either. So you have to you have to let me take this thing. This is especially where it's important. I think this was an, a piece of Imsen advice, and I said it before in the mid-game thing, but I love it here too, is you need to know exactly what their plan is before you give this totally. thing away. Because the last thing you need is, hey, listen, if you give me that alpha token, I'm going to be able to stop so-and-so. And then you give them the alpha token, and then they put it somewhere completely different, and then they win the game faster. Like, you, you don't... You have to be careful with giving this away because sometimes they don't end up using it to Kingslay. They use it to win make themselves and you are the person who did that for them. You gave them the win. So you need to get paid because the only people that are actually going to find it worthwhile for this stuff are the ones that will actually, you know, put up or shut up. So yeah. you, you you have to be a part of the conversation and it doesn't get to just be like, no, Ghost, you have to let us all do this. You 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 can you can cross your arms and sit in your corner of the table if you want. And I, I encourage you to do so unless they're going to pay you. Get paid, get paid, get paid. Yeah, it's honestly, um, if you watch, I, don't, I, I can't cite any videos right now, but, but Magi has this thing he does uh, very well, which is like kind of, when it comes to Kingslaying, kind of, use the IFF to create a gambit for somebody like, okay, well, um, if you give me a shot at winning, I will use the IFF to give you a shot at winning. And it's just kind of like we roll the dice and see what happens. Now, a lot of people get annoyed at Magi for that type of play. But do I think that that's how, at least in the base game, TI4 is kind of made for yeah, <laughs> yeah totally i think it's i think it is correct as far as what is in the box yeah um now is it gonna make people mad sometimes uh-huh <laughs> definitely uh, <laughs> that's true um I, you know what we haven't mentioned uh not once that i think is important to mention when it comes to like stuff that the ghosts are good at yeah um if, if you haven't fallen apart by the end of the game which does happen sometimes yeah. ghosts can get kind of, it can be rough sometimes right um you're really good at secret objectives. You're like kind of crazy good at it. You're you kind of have this L one like I'm good at accomplishing all these things kind of deal, right? Um, and it's it's like important to note that ghosts can like sort of hang out in the pack as far as points go, and if you have the right secret objectives in hand, really pull off like a stylish, flashy, suddenly I win type of game. Uh, that is really worth noting that that like happens a lot. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's probably worthwhile for you to play that way because ghosts uh, kind of crumble if the table decides to to beat up on them. Yeah. They do not have uh, something in their pocket that is going to save them if everybody decides like, no, not good with these guys. We're going out. I mean, I guess that's kind of the advantage of super PDS ghosts is that people are, aren't really encouraged to come into your slice. But even then, I, I, I feel like you are defeatable. Yeah. Um, or you're at least uh, blockable in that situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
And and the the sad thing about the late game is that I think in a lot of ways ghosts are not so good at the stage twos a lot of the time. So it's like you kind of you, everyone can accomplish the stage ones. Um, ghosts seem real good at secret objectives, not as good at stage twos unless your game has gone a specific way. Yeah. Right. So gunning for some specific stage two objectives uh, in the mid game into the late game is probably a good idea because there's not a lot of them that are super easily accomplished yeah. by you. you yeah. Know? And and with that note, that's where I, I want to make special mention of, of the idea. Like if we're, if we're not getting stage twos very easily, we have to make sure we're getting 10 points with all the other stuff. And this is where you know, this is where that opportunity of Kreis IFF comes in of, you know, don't let it get in your own way. Support for the throne can be like a dangerous tool because the more support for the thrones you get, the less territory you have access to. And that's kind of your whole thing is like, I can go anywhere I want. But as long as the territory you're giving up by receiving a support for the throne isn't something you're going to need for points later, that is a big way you can make your points up. And if you're selling people access to points with the Kreis IFF, you can get support for the thrones for Kreis IFF. Now, some groups what I just said sounds crazy because people just don't like to give out support for the thrones. But there are certain groups where they will do those sorts of point trades. And so you need to keep an eye out for that opportunity to get those extra points because with five stage one publics and three secrets, you know, your, your eight points, you kind of need to see uh, to support for the thrones or like some agenda points or something to make that happen. So that is again, where selling favors and selling uh, access for other players can get you where you need to be because you might fall behind in that stage too late game. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. Agree hard. Okay. That's well, kinda is it. that, is that ghost? Yeah, I, I think, think that's, that's ghost. I, they're, they're actually, it's funny how they have like the craziest, weirdest trick in the game. But at the end of the day, they end up being kind of a pretty vanilla like experience in terms of, all the normal things we talk about with factions, like go blue green, get where you need to get, get the object. Like uh, it, it, it isn't actually, it doesn't have to be that complex of a faction. People can make sure. it, you can make it crazy complex of a faction, but it can be Hunter. Like what you've been mostly describing is kind of like that blue green autopilot play it safe and you'll be in a good position in the late game. Like you're going to get where you need to get and it, and it doesn't have to be overly complicated. It's those, the reason people love ghosts is because it's that top tier, tournament finalist player can do it they put on the best show <laughs> yeah oh they, they're very flashy yeah um when when things are going right yeah and when things are going wrong it just seems like they're you know the car wouldn't start yeah and it's just like man that's <laughs> a, a bummer fast car, the car just, it just won't start yeah <laughs> yeah it's like yeah it's 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 a race car if on a good day and on a bad day it's like just kind of a clunky junk car <laughs> Well, it happens. we do have some Muat errata, but let's uh, let's kick it over to the errata zone to uh, errata zone. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the errata zone. Uh, this is your host, uh, Hunter Donaldson. I am the wrong. Uh, the reason I host the errata zone is because I am a bad wrong boy and I'm a <laughs> nasty boy. <laughs> Um, and my co-host here, Matt, uh, uh say hi, Matt. Say hi to everybody. I, I don't think I want to anymore. <laughs> I'm um, nervous so this to be Mu- here. This is Muad Arada, yeah. which I, it's what a favor we've done to you all, even accepting <laughs> Muad Arada. Well, and this, um, this one from Kaluin is, uh, it is not even like a oh, we got good. it I wrong. Like it. It's, yeah. it's a good note, and it's just about us being a little rough 
a little rough around the edges on our opinions on politics as Mua. We kind of like, it's okay. Um, but Callan wants to just speak in defense of politics. So too much hate yeah. on politics. Tech and trade are, of course, top picks. But I'd go so far as to say that politics is the third choice behind those two. Here's my reasoning. If I have politics, then I can guarantee myself tech on round two. Which is important. That that's that is you know I'm I'm down with that. I will then skip tech on round one since nothing I buy will be immediately useful, and instead put my money towards plastic. That is at least a carrier and two ground forces with the possibility of fighters, more ground forces, or a destroyer if I manage to flip some commodities during trade. That can be a tall order, maybe. Uh, second round. I take tech and I double tech to play catch up. This is more efficient resource wise than following tech on round one and two. I saved $2 over the course of two rounds, but more importantly, I've saved two command counters. The command counters from round one can either be carried over into round two or in very dire, dire situations used to starforge as a stall if warfare is being delayed. The downside of this is not taking trade or leadership round two. Leadership I'm okay with as I'm saving two command counters anyways, so I don't lose that much. Trade can net you a large amount of money but on round two, you likely only have two, maybe three trade partners, and I'm banking on my top left-hand neighbor snagging it and trading with me anyways. On top of all that, you have two action cards on round one that may or may not help swing your game. Yeah, I I agree with all of this, except for that there was too much hate on politics. <laughs> I, 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 these are, All of this is correct. I think what, what happened is that we liked leadership and diplomacy yeah. a little more than Callowin does. Right. So to me, this is one of those one of those disagreements where it, it's that the rankings are just a, like a smidge or two off yeah. as far as what Callowin thinks and what we think. I think everything he just said, uh, you, uh, you know what? I'll say th the one thing he said that I felt like we did not consider enough was the fact that you're saving... Yep. CCs right. on round we one. We have a command counter problem take politics. and taking politics literally helps our command counter problem by taking tech round two. I like that insight quite a bit. That's, that is, that is my favorite point. I, yeah. I think a little more than the two resources because sure. the two resources are, are a little, a little whoop-de-doo depending on the slice that yeah. we have. You know what I mean? Like it's like hard to, it's hard to see if two resources round two is going to be a huge deal that yeah. you saved or not save that. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like, um, a lot of it comes down to like, where is your, what is your speaker order round two? Yeah. Um, so it's like kind of hard for me to say once you get into the, like, once you get past tech and trade, um, and you get into like kind of the middle ground of like leadership, diplomacy, politics, it's kind of important to note where you're going to be on round two. If I'm third pick and first two picks were tech and trade and I'm Muat, I don't know that I take leadership in that situation because yeah. that means I'm probably going to be last pick round two. Right. That's very and that's bad. That's not good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's where it gets weird with this whole project. You know what I mean? Right. It's like hard to factor in all of the different variables. Um, but uh, yeah, I think Callowin made uh, th these are great points. I especially, I do really love that CC thing. Yeah. And I wish that I had considered that more in the guide. Sure. Uh, we also have one from Zen Dog uh, in reading the Muat. Uh, flavor text for their agent. Uh, my brain skipped over words and I called them mango coils. Remember that, Hunter? Remember mango yeah, coils? Yeah, that was funny. I thought that was a, just a joke. Isn't that funny? Uh, well, yeah, I actually did think it said mango coils. <laughs> I don't know why. 
my brain lapsed and I just I dyslexic. I thought you were joking it. around. No. I thought you were just it's magnetic coils, really it's weird like joke. magnetic, like a magnetic coil. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I just want to make sure everyone is on board with I, the fact I, that I'm insane. I knew it definitely was not mango coil. That's my whoopsie so. doodle. But guess what? Now forever, Muad has mango coils. <laughs> Matt, you did not even need to admit that mango coils was funny. not a joke. It's in my too opinion. funny because you know I what? really did think it said mango I coils. I got some errata I just for Zendog right hilarious now. Wacky Zendog, lore. why did you not think that was a joke? <laughs> like, how did Zendog? And and it turns out Zendog was right, right? Like, it wasn't a joke. I want to thank all our weird bears, Farganus, TG Welch, Brian, Botbot, and Kaluan. I want to thank our Space Kitties, Naderate, Patience is a Virtue, Polyphony Requiem, Rwise, Gaskio, Dark Jutsu, Absol, Astoria, Ready Action, Vision S. Brave Sir Robin and Uncle Batty. Whoa. Oh, my God. Whoa. That hurt. Uh, and just thanks to everybody that supports our Patreon. Absolutely. Uh, thank you so much. We, we're 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 V-happy because we're getting back into tournament season. So yeah. it's like it's it's heating up. This show's heating up. And we got POK around the corner. What a weird time. Mm-hmm. What a weird time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got two polls I want to let you know about. Um, so uh, these polls are not finished. So these are the, there could be an upset. Uh, final change to this but i doubt it um so here are your choices for the second round for the galactic council poll for our november episode it's either going to be a farewell to the ti4 base game which will probably be the one that wins (laughs) or the second choice in in a way that i can't believe you've done this (laughs) so i can't believe you've done this um hunter and matt talk about movies is the other option so the 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 galactic council is going to make everyone mad is what's about to happen here everyone who's not in the galactic council is gonna be like why is this not a what is i'm already mad that they do root episodes and now that's just like they're talking about movies why i'll i'll say this and i'm just surprising matt with this if if you guys pick the movie ones i could get a guest to come on the show he's on a movie podcast <laughs> i'm on a movie podcast i could get one of those boys to come over here i smell and a we crossover could just do, uh yeah i it could be more of a crossover experience uh if you guys are open to that but you know you could also pick farewell ti4 base game uh that's totally fair yeah um and that's how it works is you guys are the boss okay? i want to this I'm is not- gonna this is gonna sway the polls and i've i i accept that this is how this goes now that hunter and i get to like we got to play letters from Whitechapel. i know i get to convince you of stuff now yeah, <laughs> i know yeah, i yeah. have power in this uh if you don't pick farewell ti4 base game there's no way we're not doing that episode like before we really get our hands on pok like we're doing we're, do we well we're, okay we're here's the thing though. gonna do that anyways here's the thing matt i actually because because the reason i we put that in time yeah yeah see that's the reason i put it in yeah is that the way that we schedule the show now we actually don't even really make space for episodes like that yeah. anymore yeah, we, we're true. trying to give you that raw uncut no content, filler you know yeah yeah no filler all killer <laughs> uh so He's wrong. We actually might not have yeah, time to do a true. farewell TI4 base game if you do not pick it. So I don't, it, the thing is, I don't want people getting mad. Hunter's burying they, the lead, but okay. I am, I am. <laughs> and I'm just trying to be, trying to trying to have it both ways here. Yeah. But yeah, we'll get funky if you tell us to get funky. But if you tell us to give us that good, good, that regular stuff, yeah. I totally get you. Yeah. I totally get you. Um, here are your two choices for the Hunter Donaldson fan club stream, which will be on November 7th. Um, Got pushed back into November. We're all well, we're just off. You know what's funny about that date? And we haven't talked yeah. about this yet, but that is that is like w- this will be a Hunter Donaldson fan club game that we do. 
But November seventh is Extra Life, and uh, oh. we are pro. We I, I think I think this is kind of us announcing it and maybe holding ourselves to it now. We want to do Extra Life this year. We haven't officially yeah. signed up for it, but we want to do like a twenty-four hour. Let's hurt ourselves with Twilight oh Imperium. My God. So this would be one of the games. We have to get through. You know, I'm, I'm thinking One we of have the to play like we'll do. three. We probably have to play three games of TI, and yeah, that'll fill yeah, up 24 yeah. hours. I don't know. Uh, we'll probably need more than that. Okay, so here we go. Here's your two options: TI four, two v two v two, where yeah. we play. We we make up a team variant, I yeah. guess. Just pull it out of our butts. <laughs> we'll kind of adapt Philroy's. They just did a 2v2v2v2, an eight-player oh, right. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's some stuff I would like to just like modify slightly. I don't want to be the exact same setup. So we'll do, we'll come up with something. There's rules that we can okay. do. Okay. And then your other option is TI4 Frankendraft inverted. <laughs> and and what inverted means is that we are building the, fr- it's sort of like competitive build, yeah. but for Frankendraft, we're building each other's Frankendraft's each other's Frankenstein monsters yeah. uh, for each other. So our so goal the is to make them as to bad not make... as possible. Exactly. Yeah. So it's not about building the coolest Franken monster. It's about building the worst faction you can possibly imagine yeah. and then forcing your friend to play it. It's mean. <laughs> yeah. It's awful. It's rude. And I love it. Yeah, um, very into that. Also some Space Kitty and Weird Bear uh, news. Finished Space Kitty pin is revealed. Yeah. It is currently in the mail. Uh, from a place I can't reveal it secret location um, but it's not in the United States this secret it's location take a while. so it's gonna take a little while but then when it gets here then I will start uh, mailing them out to the space kitties uh, weird bear uh, jersey we're basically in the same spot waiting on the artist uh, to give us it's gonna be the worth prototype the type for the logo it's gonna, it's gonna be worth the wait it's gonna be awesome yeah and uh, we have you know uh, Sun uh, just got done. The Sun is the name of our artist. Uh, he just got done doing some very good root overlays for us that yeah. are beautiful. Uh, and then we realized that we probably need to change the orientation of the scoreboard <laughs> completely. So it's great. It's like we keep interrupting like, him with other work. <laughs> yeah. So like, there's just there's a lot on his plate. Um, okay. And let's get to this is a big thing. Uh, Twitch schedule for this week um, on Friday. October 23rd. Um, my birthday's coming up, by the way. My birthday's on October 27th. I'll go ahead and say that. Um, so just if you steal want Steal his to, identity. If you just want to know that. Uh, yeah, steal, if you want to steal my identity, you can probably figure out my address too somehow. <laughs> um, so Friday, October 23rd at 11 a.m., uh, I'm going to play a Necro game. Oh, also, sorry again about the ghost game that got lost. That was technical difficulties. I did play a ghost game. It yeah. just didn't get recorded or anything. Uh, it was not streamed. Um, and then Saturday, October 24th, uh, we mentioned this earlier, but please, please come check out the Root Tournament Finals that is at noon Central Time, Saturday, October 24th. Please come. It's it. You're, you'll be watching history, okay? Yeah. This is our first Root <laughs> Tournament. And there will be more events like that. And uh, it's just, I'm so excited. Uh, and I know what all the players are now. So, mm-hmm. and, and it's four very good players. Yep. Um, Sunday, October 25th, 11 a.m., I'm going to play a Good Yin Brotherhood TI4 base game. This is going to be one of the last uh, Good Yin Brotherhood base games you yeah. can get in. So if you are Good Yin Brotherhood, uh, sign up for it. It is in, the signups are in the channel. Um, for the YouTube this week, 
all I got for you is four root games as the prelims. Yeah, all I have for, for you is tournament. like multiple hours of a, some of the best root you've ever seen. All, That's all, all I, have. I have for yeah, you is yeah. four of the best root <laughs> games ever. Um, so there you go. You and, and you can catch up if you if you haven't seen them yet for the finals. So go watch those. Go see. They're all great games, great players, and great games. If you love all of this content, please consider giving us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Uh, we'd love it. Uh, it helps increase the visibility of the show and just gets, uh, you know, more eyes on us so we can further grow it. Uh, you can also find our website, spacecatspeaceturtles.com, and it has information about our Patreon, our Twitter, our Discord, all the different ways to get involved with the community, get games in. You can There's a there's a link to the TTS Discord on there, too. I see people come into the Space Cats Discord a lot and are like, hey, how do I organize games? Because they come to the Discord, they know that t- like that people t- care about TI, and then everyone goes, "Yeah, not here, man." You go to the other one, and they're like, "Wait, what? There's yeah. two? So there's also links to that Discord. If you want to get in on some TTS organized games with Philroy, uh, you can find that on our website as well. Hunter Donaldson uh, over the weekend, shut up and sit down. Spoiled the last ghost component. So <laughs> ghosts are we fully have, we revealed. Have no ghost we have nothing to, to, spoil to spoil for ghosts for you. Uh, but we've tried to keep to the theme of ghosts as best. Also, we can. I just want to say welcome to our elite members that skip <laughs> to this point. Welcome to the spoiler yeah, section. Everyone with a fast Mad pass. Guy. Everyone to the fast pass. Now come <laughs> to the front of the line. You can see, and this is now when we listen to <laughs> welcome Prophecy to all of, of King the, <laughs> all of the listeners that don't need our advice for how to. <laughs> play this game <laughs> welcome to Hello. spoilers uh, all right so first up i've got uh an agenda for you uh it's a juicy agenda it's a juicy ghosty agenda and what i love about this Ooh. one is it is all good for ghosts uh, it's, it's not it's, mean it's not a mean ghost agenda we have at least one wormhole related agenda in prophecy of kings that is only good for ghosts of Creus, i i would argue uh nexus sovereignty Ooh. it is a law Four alpha and beta wormholes in the wormhole nexus have no effect during movement. We closed it. Everyone doesn't get to go there except for ghosts because they don't care about this kind of stuff. So yeah, ghosts yeah. just get free access to the wormhole nexus. Not free access, but they're the only ones who get to go there. No one else gets to get in. Uh, so well, the, so the gamma is not closed though, right? The gamma is not closed. So if you can, if you find the other gamma, that's the only route in. And speaking of the gamma hunter, the against of nexus sovereignty is place a gamma wormhole token in the Mechatol Rex system. Remember how we were just talking about how funny and cool it is when an alpha or beta ends up in Mechatol Rex? What about (laughs) a gamma where anybody with access to Malice can get there or any of the other gamma tokens that end up on the board are all adjacent to Mechatol? So both options. This is one of those agendas where it's like, oh man, it's all hits. It's all winners. Either way, I don't even care. I'm not going to vote because I just like both. They're both good. Okay. Yeah, that's fun. So... Because we don't have a ghost spoiler, I had to reach out to Dane Beltrami. We were caught off guard. We were going to reveal the ghost agent. Uh, well, shut up and sit down. Yeah. Just kind of maneuvered around us. <laughs> they they didn't even us. ask our permission. <laughs> yeah, they ghosted us. <laughs> so uh, we instead today got special permission, one time only, here on Space Cats Peace Turtles. Dane is going to let us reveal one of the new factions components. We have been so far barred from new factions, but because we got ghost agent stolen from us, we are going to reveal the Vool Wraith Cabal agent. Which, it's pretty cool. It's pretty, it's, uh, I'll say this much, it makes 
makes the faction for me. Makes them super cool. I was I was uh, not very hot on Cabal until this agent. Uh, so it is called the Stillness of Stars, and its ability is Oppressive Silence. I really love all the Cabal flavor in general. Here's the flavor text: Three times the free trader ship had flown to the heart of the asteroid field in response to the summons. Each time they brought stasis pods of unsuspecting colonists and left them drifting next to the planetoid, where they picked up their bundled ingots of precious metals. The fourth d- d- time, the free trader ship did not return. Oh God, so long. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a, it's a lot uh, of don't you mean text. bundled ingots of mango? Bungled ingots of precious mangoes. <laughs> <laughs> they have precious mangoes in space. Here uh, is the stillness of stars ability. After another player replenishes commodities, you may exhaust this card to convert their commodities to trade goods and capture one unit from their reinforcements that has a cost equal to or lower than their commodity value. So before this agent, the only way Cabal does capturing stuff is like, well, you got to go fight. You got to go do fisticuffs. And that's like we know from Necro, not always uh, very good. Well, you're just not always going to do it early game, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. But you have a little tool here in your pocket of like, well, I'm going to get some captured stuff early game. And especially if there's even a single four commodity faction in the game, I get early free dreads. I capture a dread and on my first build, I spend that dread to get a dread and I don't have to pay for it. Lots of early dreads for Cabal. Yeah. I also One thing I also think is funny about this agent that I'm going to do um, is whenever somebody makes a deal, a complicated deal with somebody and they refresh their commodities, I'm just going to use this and destroy their deal. Yeah, just, just you know not I mean? say like anything just, until they do it, and then like, boop, oh, you already have the trade goods. That's my now favorite thing about it. Now you that, can't do the deal you said you were going to do. Are you going to just give them or, your or, trade or, goods? No, you already you got them. Or you can do it, I guess, but, uh, but you already have your trade goods refreshed, so I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so very exciting. We've got a little bit more info of the Cabal. I Seriously, Cabal was my least favorite faction uh, until realizing that this agent was a part of it. And now Cabal is maybe up there as one of my favorite new factions. Um, yeah. This yeah. alone did that for me. Bunch of free units helps my terrible ability of never building enough plastic. It's a lot easier to build plastic when it's free. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Free plastic is good plastic. I've always said that. Just like free mangoes are good mangoes. <laughs> like that's very true. And then there's a lot of mangoes in the lore now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Too many. It just seems like you kind of just gave up on this episode at the end there. You just, you I didn't said even too have many. the energy. No, I, I oh, okay. Just, I never know. Okay. Here's what happens. You start getting, you start getting on your goof and I'm like, I'll just let Hunter do his fade out goof. You know, I'm just going to let Hunter have a fade out goof. Cause he, he's, he, yeah. he likes them and I'll just let him have the last word. <laughs> he likes them. What am I like? A, you're talking about me like I'm a dog or something. <laughs> like, it's like, let him have his toy. Okay. He likes his toy. Let him have it. Okay. Just stand back. Let him do his thing. I Ooh, know it's grandpa's it, fake leg, but come on. He likes oh, it. Oh, see, I, th- I thought you were letting me have it right there. And then you interrupted. No. Jesus. Now man. this episode's going on for too long. No, it's always too long with this show. Okay. I've been telling you that forever. We need to be a 30 minute podcast. We need to get in. <laughs> Do what's good, get out. I've always said that. We need to be tight and specific. And we just say everything all at once. We just like, blah, blah, blah. there's a whole thing. Now, now go do it, okay? Bam, that's what we should do. 
Oh, good. Now, here I am in the space by myself. Yeah, this is what I was looking for. Thank you. It feels good. Thank you, Matt. This feels good to be here in space by myself with all these space mangoes, you know? All right. I think I'm good now. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to Space Cats Peace Turtles, and thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum. <laughs>